This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how are we doing? Doing good today. Um, just another exciting time to talk some basketball with Tyler Metcalf. For everyone watching or listening, I'm on puppy duty again. So if you hear some some whimpers or, um, you know, it's just my guy excited to talk hoops. He's excited to see Metcalf, but doing good, Metcalf. Um, just still coming down from the Victor Scoot mania. Um, how about yourself? Still recovering, you know, just it, it was almost rude that they did it so far in advance of the college season starting up. It, it felt like if uh, that was two weeks out, you know, that would be a even better primer. But, you know, that's just me being selfish per usual. Everyone knows that about me. But um, <laughs> we're off I'm to good. a good start. Well, I, we, we're what, under 25 days away from the college season tipping off. And, you know, it kind of felt like it was about that time to do conference previews. So we're going to start out with the Big Ten today, um, obviously, as you saw in the title. But first, we have a little bit of an exciting announcement with the No Ceilings podcast feed going forward, where uh, do you want to make it or do you want me to? You know what, Metcalf? Everyone loves when you make the announcement, so you go ahead and do it, and then I'll comment at the end. All right. Well, in a couple of weeks here, um, October twenty fourth, correct? Yes, October twenty fourth. No Ceilings Podcast is going to a daily podcast feed, so you will be be getting new episodes Monday through Friday um, from various voices across the No Ceilings family. Uh, you will recognize. Nathan Maxwell and Steven from Draft Deeper. You will recognize Corey and Albert from the Draft Act podcast, and you will recognize Nick Agar Johnson from the NBA Deep Dives podcast. So you will still be getting our lovely voices twice a week, uh, but we are taking those brilliant feeds and merging them all into this No Ceilings collective. So it will be five days a week um, throughout the entire season leading up to the draft. So very exciting stuff. Um, Obviously, you're if you're not already subscribed to this feed, but listening, welcome. Uh, please subscribe to make sure that you get all of those podcasts. Um, but yeah, October 24th is when that kicks off. Humongous. Um, incredibly excited. You know, it, it's been a long time coming. Obviously, we've all had our feeds. We've all been really proud of it. And, you know, it's going to be the same stuff. It's just now where you're going to be able to find it all in the same spot. And um, still got a lot more announcements in the upcoming weeks that we're excited to share, but this was a big step for all of us. And, you know, shout out to to everyone, shout out to Corey and Albert, shout out to Nathan and Maxwell and Steven and even Nick. And it's just been everyone kind of coming together in a weird way, swallowing some pride and being like, Hey, this is, this is for the better of the long term, not just this upcoming year, but down the road. And, this is something we've been talking about doing even last year. Um, and we were like, Hey, this is one of the goals and kind of the ideas we wanted to push forward this off season. So we're excited. Um, we're going to turn it up another notch this, this year. And this is the first step of many that we wanted to kind of announce to, to everyone out there. And we're excited, you know, we're not going to coast we're, we're kicking it up another notch and, we are ready to go. We are ready to hit the, the the ground running and, you know, pedal to the metal. So I'm very excited. Um, me and Metcalf aren't going anywhere. You're just going to hear us even more and more. So everyone buckle down the hatches and prepare for some anarchy. We love chaos, Metcalf. So I'm excited to keep this rolling with you. But I'm also excited for the, the no ceilings feed of uh, the upcoming year. 
Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really fun thing because you're going to get a lot of different voices and a lot of different podcasting styles. Um, if you already listen to those podcasts, you'll you'll kind of already be used to the the difference between all of us. Uh, but if you're not, I, I think it's going to be a really valuable resource for everyone to get a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different viewpoints and scouting tendencies and all of that. So even though they're coming to our feed, they're keeping their same styles. They're keeping their same frameworks of how they podcast and stuff, because that was really important to us. We wanted to make sure that we all had our distinct voices. Um, So five days a week, starting October 24th, extremely exciting stuff. Yeah. Could, could be more pumped. And I feel like a lot of people out there might be like, well, you know, why are you guys doing it? It's because we want to have everyone under one branch and, and be able to grow the right way all together. And, um, you know, it's been awesome. And like I said, shout out to all those guys for willing to do this. Um, that's why we love the whole no ceilings team as a collective, because everyone's got a mission. Everyone's got a goal to, to grow together and make this not just a, uh, thing that's going to get big for a little bit. We're, we're trying to think long-term we got big, big plans down the road and that's not just this year. That's many years down the road. So um, really pumped about the news, and I'm excited to share the upcoming news we got. We've, we've been working our ass off this offseason, guys. Just because we're quiet doesn't mean we're not working. So a lot to share, and um, I'm proud of everyone, and I'm, I'm proud to call these guys my you know teammates, family, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Big family guy. Shout out Dom Toretto. So um, Metcalf, unless you got anything else, I'm, I'm ready to get after it with some of this episode. You got to get yeah, lined I, up for us. Enough of patting ourselves on the back. Yeah. Um, yes, everyone knows we're wonderful. We get it. Um, <laughs> but stay humble. No, we're 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 here to uh, preview one of, one of the biggest college basketball conferences in the Big Ten. And you know, since I'm leading this discussion, obviously we're starting with Michigan. So go, go blue. blue. Um, wow, there we go. There we go. A little jig factor off to a hot start, folks. Look at that synergy. Um, so. Rucker, when you think of Michigan, who is the player on their team that first comes to mind? So I need to um, have a little chat with you, Mr. Metcalf, because I know what you're doing and I like it. But Metcalf sent me an itinerary for this episode because he's just a great guy and and, and he's a professional. And of course, you started out with Michigan and I was like, okay, enough of the Jet Howard. (laughs) I'll do it. Like you you had to make an episode for me to watch Jet Howard. And you, 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 you. it, it took long enough because you just failed to recognize, you know, my, my brilliant recommendations. <laughs> I'm telling you, Metcalf, I, it was him and another guy that we're going to talk about in this episode. You are turning me into a Michigan fan this year. I feel like I'm going to be like, Hey, go blue um, like all hear. day. I'm, I'm invested. So I really, really think Jet Howard's going to be one of those underrated guys that everyone needs to start kind of paying a little bit closer attention to um when i watched his film i was like okay all right this is my type of guy just it seems like he's one of those just under control smooth um looks like he can shoot it a little bit looks like he could just do a little bit of everything and and that's the guys that play with some composure they don't have to be lightning quick or they don't have to be these crazy athletes for me to fall in love with them And, and watching Jet Howard, the more and more I watched, the more I was intrigued, um, the more he kept jumping out on tape. And um, the big fella that you keep hyping up too, Michigan's got some some pieces. So, I mean, where do you want to start? I, I really like this. This team isn't getting all the hype that they got last yeah. year with like Caleb Houston and stuff. But I've, I've seen some of these recruits coming in and I'm like, there's something here. There's some really exciting guys that um, I'm, I'm excited to watch in the Big Ten, and I feel like in a weird way, Michigan might be getting a little slept on, you know, because we always mm-hmm. you know like hunters coming back and stuff like that. But where do you want to start? I know you're excited. Yeah, no, and I, I think Jet Howard is the place to start, um, especially in terms of talking about draft prospects. And I, I know a lot of people are really like, oh, Coach's son, of course, you know, he got spot on the team. He is way more than just the coach's son. Like this dude was a prominent player at IMG, which is just a loaded team every year. Um, and, you know, it, it, even if Juwan Howard wasn't coaching at Michigan or in college at all, this dude would still be a four to five star recruit and playing at a power five program. Um, so, and he's 
he's currently listed at 6'8", 215, so small forward. Um, I just I love how he plays off ball. I think he's a really good off ball shooter. His straight line driving is really impressive. Um, at IMG, he played more of that off ball role, but I think there's a little bit of on ball kind of creation upside to him where he would show some really nice passes out of drives and just smart ball movement. Um, And then I think there's a lot of defensive upside with him too. Uh, Unfortunately, he ball watches a ton and just kind of zones out and gets back cut galore. But the the tools, the overall basketball IQ are there. And once he's in, hopefully, you know, his dad's system, hopefully a lot of that stuff kind of tightens up. Would you say that, you know, Looking at Jet, would you say that he's probably got the – I'm talking about like swing guys on this team where it, when it comes to their, you know, draft potential, their, their, you know, upside to become a high draft pick. Would you say Jet is the guy that could really start to blossom or do you think there's another guy that might get a little bit more attention? Um, I, I, I think he has, you know, as of today, I think he has the best odds to go kind of the earliest out of – pretty much anyone in this conference um, just given where he is as a player now. And then his, you know, still the room he has to grow, but there, there, there are a couple sleepers that we'll talk about later um, that I think will surprise a lot of people. Um, I I'm just fascinated to see what type of role he ends up playing where it's, is he going to get a few more on ball reps kind of like Franz and Isaiah livers had, or are they going to kind of plant him more exclusively off ball like they did with Caleb Houston? Um, if he really shows a significant improvement in his defense and that out, that off ball shooting and scoring um, is still to the levels that it was his senior year. I, I think we're talking about a guy that's probably going to be a pretty clear top 20 pick. Interesting. So you're really drinking the Jet Howard Kool-Aid. And I, know, I have, a, I have him in the lottery. Okay. So Jawan's not throwing you some, some cash under the table right now for this episode. Right now, no. But like two okay. weeks ago, yeah. Oh, oh there it is. <laughs> See, we're honest on the No Ceilings pod, folks. But yeah, I'm really interested. Um, also, side note, it must be just hilarious when you're a head coach and your kid's trying to, you know, a top recruit and other schools are trying to recruit him. Like I just, well, I'm on two, four, uh, 247 sports and like, it was like Florida was recruiting them. And that's just an amazing uphill battle to be like, Hey, we're <laughs> going after your kid. We're going to try to get him away from you. But jet looks like he's got the tools and and, and he's big six, eight Metcalf. Yeah. I mean, I'm in love. I, I really am intrigued with this game. Yeah. Well, I, I think the other two kind of big names to talk about on Michigan are Hunter Dickinson and Terrace Reed. Uh, Hunter Dickinson has, you know, quickly become one of college basketball's favorite villains. Um, Terrace Reed is a heck of a lot of fun and just a, a load. Um, everything I'm hearing about Dickinson in the preseason is that he looks awesome. Uh, I really liked last year how he kind of expanded his shooting range out to three. Um, his passing is incredibly impressive. And as long as he can show a little bit more flexibility on defense, then I think we're talking about a guy that it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up getting drafted. Hunter is going to be an interesting one because I could really see, um, someone, you know, just size is always going to be fascinating and intriguing for NBA teams. So he's just got to keep showing that. And he's going to be a dominant force this year in college yeah, basketball. He's like just massive. Yeah, exactly. And everyone's expecting that. But Terrace Reed's the one I'm really interested of because I kept watching him and I have we have a weak spot for big guys that have good footwork and mm-hmm. he's got nice feet. Um, I feel like I was like, OK, maybe the athleticism isn't going to be there. And then you see him put up some big dunks and um, the shot looks all right. Like mm-hmm. the, that is another guy that the more I kept watching, I was just like, circle that name. I'm very intrigued. So. Do you think there's a world where they both can exist? So I, I don't think so. Um, I, I, my, my assumption is that Ter- Terrace Reed is going to just be kind of coming off the bench and backing up Hunter Dickinson, uh, kind of in a similar fashion that Musa Diabate did last year. Um, but he'll be a little more viable to play full time at center because he's 6'10, 260. He's just a huge dude. Um, so I, I think that'll just give them a little more depth. If the shot really starts coming around, it wouldn't surprise me if they start experimenting with that too big lineup. Um, 
you know, as the season progresses, because, you know, Hunter proved that he could kind of step, step out and knock down a, the occasional three. So if they have both those dudes at 260, both almost seven feet tall, um, doing that, that's that, that, that creates some really interesting kind of lineup possibilities. Um, but I, I kind of imagine that Terrace will probably, I, I would be kind of surprised if he's a one and done um, right out the gate. I think he has some defensive miscues that he kind of needs to clean up, um, especially in the pick and roll. He gets way too high on the hedges and just kind of freelances sometimes. Um, but I, I, I think it's going to be Hunter, Hunter's team and everyone else is going to be kind of along for the ride for the most part. Yeah. It, the thing is, it's always interesting. Like, yeah, we talk about the NBA level with like the too big idea. And, and now your, your Minnesota Timberwolves are going to experiment with that. And I'm excited to watch it because I'm praying that it, it is the start of bringing it back. Like I have been wanting this to happen for years. <laughs> I've been like, bring back two bigs. I want twin towers on every team. But in college, I feel like it's a, almost a, a strategic advantage. Like you can get away with it. And Reed is a load. I mean, and, and it's not just, it's not like sloppiness or like, like I, I know I'm talking about his athleticism, but I feel like it's just under control with good footwork. And that's how you can kind of get around if you're that big of a guy. And he's going to be a problem. For, I mean, if opposing fours, you have to deal with Reed and Hunter. My goodness. Good luck. Like, yeah. What are you going to do if they, if they're just destroying the boards and, um, Really excited to see him because you've been hitting Jet Howard and Reed very hard towards me. You've been pushing those names, and and I feel like I was like, okay, fine, Metcalf. Like you did an episode to try to get me to watch him. I'll watch him, and then I was like, dang it, Metcalf found some good guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I get more excited when it's guys like this that make me want to watch Michigan. Like yeah. it's easy to get excited about the overhyped prospects and everything like that. But Michigan looks like they could have a real good team. And I'm a believer too. If when you get those recruits that aren't, you know, the bell of the ball, the Caleb Houston's and, and the big names that are expected to be like, Oh, potential top 10 pick. I feel like those teams can almost hit the ground running a little bit better and, and can be more balanced. So um, I'm still excited to see Michigan this year. And, and those two guys are a main reason why. And also Hunter. Okay, I'll give you that one too. But who else do you got, Mr. Mr. Michigan? You got any sleepers or uh, guys, just like a, missions? A, yeah, a couple honorable mentions. Guys who I don't think will really kind of play into the draft um, unless they have a big year. Uh, but Kobe Buffkin will probably be either the starting or backup point guard. Um, so he'll, he'll have a much bigger opportunity this year. Terrence Williams, if that outside shot comes along, maybe we're talking about, you know, kind of a stretch for um, future for him. Um, and then Doug McDaniel was a, he's uh, ESPN's number 59 recruit, really fun player, a uh, really fun passer. And Michigan has him listed at five eleven, um, but he is definitely closer to like five, nine. So it, it, it is a very generous five eleven. but I, I would be surprised if any of those guys are kind of um, really factors come draft time, but could, could be big swing players in terms of just the, the college regular season. Okay. If you had to pick one of those three that created some draft buzz, even as a second rounder or a two way guy, give me one. Um, I'd probably have to go with Kobe Bufkin. Uh, just lanky, versatile defender. Um, it'll be interesting to see where the shot is. I uh, kind of had just, he's just battled a lot of kind of nagging injury issues his first couple years at Michigan. So hopefully he can stay healthy. Hopefully the offense has kind of come along um, because if kind of at his size, um, if he can be starting at point, that would be awesome for them. Okay, Metcalf, I can, I can't hold it in any longer. We got to talk about your favorite player, um, in the big 10, um, you know, number one and number one in my heart. And you absolutely love watching highlights of this guy. So let's talk about Indiana and our boy <laughs> TJD. Come on, baby. You know, you know, I was going to bring this up for everyone that isn't familiar with this Metcalf and I had some beef last year about Tracy Jackson Davis. I mean, it wasn't even like beef. It was, just, I mean, it, it might help if you pronounce his name correctly. Trace. Sorry, Jeez. hot start, I, and I and I'm the hater, huh? I everyone's <laughs> got to get one 
I have to have one mess up of pronunciation per show. Everyone knows that about me. Okay, so Trace. Sorry, Trace. See, I'm too nervous now to get this ran out. Um, Metcalf and I just had some debates last year, early in the year. I feel like it was more fun, but I was just like, I really like him. And you're like, no, right? Am I getting this right so far? Well, I, I just wanted him to take a, like a single jumper all season. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, he he was working on it. And then I just thought it was going to be a funny joke that every time he had a good game, I would just tag Metcalf in the highlights. So um, when he decided he was going back, I was like, Metcalf, buckle up. We're going to have another year of this. But um, it's interesting because I heard, you know, throughout workouts and stuff, his his shot looked a lot better. And then I feel like we saw some private workout stuff getting leaked where, or not leaked, but shown on on the internet. And it looked like it was improved. I was happy that he's going back because I still believe that he can be a rotation player at the next level. And, you know, he's going to be a force this year. I'm really intrigued with this Indiana squad, but what do you need to see from TJD to get you excited for the, and and I'm not talking about him as a mid first round pick. I'm just saying, I think there's a a role for him in the NBA. If he can take another step forward this year. And and what does that step look like for you? Just the jumper, just take a jumper. Like, yeah, I, I don't need you shooting 40% from three, but I need you taking 43s. Like, <laughs> I, I don't care if they go in. You just kind of have to be willing to take them because I, I really like so much of his game. I, I promise that I do. I'm not backtracking or anything like that. It's just he falls into this archetype of player where he, like he's like this 6'9 center. And for those guys of that kind of size who can't shoot, they're always my Achilles heel in terms of evaluation. I just, I always struggle as to kind of projecting, you know, which ones make it and which ones won't. And it's almost like a flip of the coin that I get wrong every single time. So I I always just have a lot of hesitancy towards them. Um, I love the athleticism, love the motor, uh, just really good rim protector, vertical spacer. I love all, all of it. I, I expect him to probably probably be the uh, Big Ten Player of the Year. I just need him to take a jumper. When we're talking about translating to the NBA, I need you to take you know jumpers out of the short roll, or when the ball swings to you at the top of the key and you're wide open and no one's within ten feet of you, just take the three. Like I I don't care if it goes in. I just need you to be willing to take it. And I think if he is, that'll open up so much more of his game because I I do think he's skilled enough where he can attack off the bounce when he gets defenders lunging at, you know, shot fakes or anything like that. He's just got to be willing to do it. Yeah. I mean, his three-year career, he's, he's averaged, uh, you know, his freshman year, he averaged 13 and a half points a game, 8.4 rebounds, sophomore year, 19.1 points, nine rebounds a game. Last year, 18.3, 8.1 rebounds. He's shot over 51% every year. Um, but I, I, I'm like you. That That's the last thing. I just need him to show that he can have a mid-range. I yeah. need anything just to show like it's, it's, it's developing because he is such a force on the boards yes. and around the basket that that's why I'm so convinced that he couldn't have a spot in this league. And I'm not talking about as a starter. I just think he is a bench rotation. Like teams will be like, yes, we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And they might even without the jumper, but I think the jumper makes him a whole different animal, makes him a whole different beast. And I love his energy. I think he's nasty. Um, I feel like he's a good enough athlete. What is he around six, eight, six, nine, six, nine, two forty five, according to ESPN. But, um, I believe it's just the jumper would be such a big step for him. And that's the only thing I think is really holding him back from having a really long career at the NBA level. Yeah. So I'm like, I I have him at 40 right now on my board. So I I think there's a lot of Brandon Clark to his game. And what, what skyrocketed Brandon Clark in the draft conversation was that he started taking and making threes and like, just like those short corner mid range jumpers and stuff like that. And before he did that, no one knew who he, who he was. Obviously, you know, transferring to Gonzaga helped a lot with that. But it was the fact that he just started shooting. And as long as Trace just starts shooting, I don't care if they go in. He could shoot 20% on jumpers this year. But if he takes them, I'm going to be like, yes, okay, now we have something to work with. And, you know, going into last season, there was talk about, oh, well, he's he's 
you know, weaponizing the three or he has a jumper and then he didn't take one. It's like, what the hell is this? You liars. Um, so we're, we're kind of hearing a lot of the same things. I just hope that we see it because if, if he just shows it, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he's a first round guy. Wouldn't shock me at all. Um, I, as much as I love him, I'm still going to have him as an early second round guy. And, and the only thing that's stopping me from having him as a late first round guy is that jumper. And the videos I saw through and from what I heard with the pre-draft process, like it looks like it's, it's there and it has the potential to be something, but it's just the confidence. You got to be yeah. willing to take it. And, and exactly what you just said about Brandon Clark, that's a good little comp for him it is Brandon Clark's should have gone earlier. I still believe yep. I feel like his jumper is way weird, weirder now with the, yeah, it's like the, the whole like mechanic overhaul that he did yeah, it was last year. Gonzaga like reverted after his rookie. Yeah. Like, weird. Um, so I still believe like this could be what TJD becomes and I'm really excited to watch him, but um, I could do a whole episode on him. So let's, let's move on. Who, who else is getting your attention? Who else do you want to talk about? Murphy says uh, hi to everyone. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, obviously Indiana has a lot of returners who are going to make a splash, but they also have a pair of top 25 recruits coming in and Jalen Hood-Shafino and Malik Renault. And I think these guys are going to surprise a lot of people, um, especially Hood-Shafino. They're, they have been raving about him preseason. Uh, we have a couple people at No Ceilings who are extremely high on him. Um, and both these guys were, you know, starters and big contributors at Mount Bird this last year with Derek Whitehead and, you know, Dylan Mitchell and just the rest of the talent that constantly goes through that program. Um, I really like them. Uh, I, I think Malik Renault will probably play more of that backup role, um, maybe even third string kind of big next to or behind Trace. Um, I think they're kind of really similar players in their springiness, kind of undersized from an NBA standpoint, um, but, you know, purely kind of rim oriented. Um, and then I think Hochefino could be one of the bigger surprises this year in college basketball. Hochefino has been getting just buzz mania um and shout out to maxwell on our team i feel like he kind of gave us the little nudge first like a man how long ago was it he he was on that train early maxwell i feel like he's like hey guys look out for hutch fino and, um, and not just from like a this could be a one and done it's like no this is like a top 25 guy yeah yeah maxwell was on that early and you know we usually never listen to Maxwell. Kidding. I'm kidding, Maxwell. Um, I just have him on mute permanently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when when Maxwell said that, um, and when when everyone at No Ceilings has their guys that they're like, hey, I really believe you guys should look at him. I feel like I rush to go watch him because I love when, when everyone on our team kind of gets excited about someone. Except for Metcalf with Jet Howard. I waited as long as possible to watch him. But... Um, Hutchmino is nice. I really like his game. I'm intrigued. Um, I, I think there could be from, especially from the reports. You know, Mike Woodson's been talking about how he looks great. Um, I also saw a quote today that was, um, I have to read this to you, Metcalf, in case you didn't see it. TJD compared Hood Shafino to Ao Desumu. Oh yeah, and, and Mike Woodson said. I don't know who that is. And I was like, Mike Woodson doesn't know who that is. Fire him. Fire him on the spot. I don't before just have the AD go down there and be like, do you not know who to assume who is? You got to get out of here. I don't believe I, that for a second. No, he's, he's gotta be lying. Gotta be. I don't, I don't think he is because he, he would have been, in a, he would have been an assistant coach with in uh, IOS last year at Illinois. And then he came to Indiana and AO was in the NBA. So he, no, he, he wouldn't be in the draft weeds, you know, looking at late first, early second round picks as an assistant coach. And if he's not in this conference, once he gets there, why would he know it? So I, I, I'm not endorsing the fact that he doesn't know who IO is, but it kind of makes sense when you just think about the timeline. What are you, a Knicks fan at heart? Like, come on, seriously. No, I, no, well, no, everyone should know who IO is. Anyways, moving on. Um, I also pronounced... Io's first name wrong earlier, so I'm I'm off to a hot start tonight. Um, talk to me about Malik. 
because you've been pumping this one too and i start watching his film again and i am intrigued very he, intrigued he's a nasty rim protector he's nasty he also <laughs> got he's got some touch a little bit am i wrong i uh, no no you're not wrong Okay, thank you. Um, the I, I just want to make sure I clarify <laughs> what no meant there. <laughs> um, no, it, he just wasn't ever asked to do anything on right. offense. It was you know the occasional putback, the occasional lob, the occasional dump off. Um, but there were a couple where you know he'd drive across the paint and then throw like this over the shoulder pass to like a cutting Dylan Mitchell. I was like, holy shit, where did that come from? That was nice. Or you know hit hit a little, you know baby hook and it's like okay we got a little something here so i i'm i would be surprised obviously if he's a one and done guy he would have to have a monster year um but i'm intrigued to see kind of how he grows and what they allow him to do because i don't think he at montverde he was really allowed to do much of anything other than be one of the nastiest rim protectors you know in their competition so are we thinking he's playing at the same time as, as TJD. I don't. We're thinking he's depth and maybe he's the uh, heir apparent to TJD. I, I do. I think there's a lot of similarities in their game. Um, and I'm kind of imagining that they're going to want Trace to be playing along uh, alongside Race Thompson a lot and just kind of have those upperclassmen and let Race kind of space the floor a little more for them and then have uh, Malik come in as that energy big off the bench. And we're thinking Malik has a solid year, shows some flashes, goes back, and we're just like completely drunk on his potential as a returner. I I, I think that's a strong possibility because I like this. I, like I, this I would I I feel like things would have to go pretty bad for Trace for him to come back again. Am I wrong in that? Or no, he's a senior this year. Senior. He? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So he he's gone. Um. So I kind of imagine Malik gets a taste of being that energy big and adapting to, you know, those speed and size and physicality, all that, all those things that come with big 10 play uh, and then comes back, you know, ready to really break out as a sophomore. Makes sense to me. Um, And this is also why you get exciting about like, this is why I love to do this type of idea that you were promoting for the podcast. Cause I was like, this is going to give a little deep dive into some of the guys you need to be watching out for, not just this year, but for moving forward. Because every guy we're going to talk about, it's not like we're saying these are all guys that are getting drafted this year. This might be some guys that are developing. Um, all right, hit me hit me with your honorable mentions because you got some guys here, and I was really intrigued to, to hear you go on a little rant. So who's catching in your eye as uh, some wild cards for Indiana? Yeah, and it, it, they're more so just kind of returning upperclassmen who – kind of like we talked about with Michigan. I, I think these guys are just going to really help Indiana um, succeed this year and be a really good team. Um, I kind of think Indiana is going to win the Big Ten this year, and I think these three guys are probably going to be a big reason why, along with Trace and Huchifino. Um, But Race Thompson, Xavier Johnson, Tamar Bates, um, it wouldn't surprise me if we kind of – Next summer, we see these guys bouncing around with summer league invites or maybe even training camp invites. Um, I would be surprised if they got drafted. I think Grace Thompson probably has the best chance to do that, but he's really going to have to shoot it this year. Um, he could, but it's like he's going to have to be lights out um, from three this year, I think, to kind of get to that level. But from a college basketball standpoint, from an in-season and, you know, NCAA tournament standpoint, I think those three guys are going to play pretty important roles. Love this out of you. I See, you're all – No Ceilings is turning you into a sicko too. I feel like you're really in the weeds already. Um, Always. I, I, I was born in the weeds. So, graphic. Um, <laughs> something I love every year is when Michigan State's got a couple guys coming back. I, I hate that. I know you can't stand Michigan State because you're a Michigan guy. Go blue. We already had that part of the episode, but this is the Can big we go team. back we to that. Talk about, no, we got to talk about everyone. <laughs> God, these next um, 20 minutes are going to suck for me. But I like when Michigan State has the guys that are returning because I feel like those are the ones that you get really intrigued with as sleepers in the draft world. Yeah. Like you get intrigued with the Draymond Greens, um, even Denzel Valentine. Um, Speak for yourself. No, I mean, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, no, I, I, I like when the guys are putting in work multiple years at Michigan State. 
Yeah. And I feel like there's, they've got a couple of guys that are going to be some quote upperclassmen. So who do you want to start with? I, I think we got to start with Jaden Akins. Um, he's easily my favorite player on this team. And just for everyone, despite my Michigan bias, if you're new, um, I, I do put that aside with my evaluations. I had Max Christie as, you know, a top 15 guy last year. So I, I, I am able to put the biasness aside um, unless I'm watching the game in which I'm a total nightmare. So um, <laughs> I, I, I think Jaden Akins has the best chance out of this Michigan state team to make the NBA. Um, I, he is a, pest on defense super quick really athletic um i and then you know if that shot takes a a step in the right direction this year i think we're talking about a guy who could make an all big 10 team as a guard i I think he's really that good and i think he has the best nba skill set on this team so it'll be really interesting to see what kind of role they use him in because they they have a couple guards on this team who are going to demand minutes and who is always going to give minutes to. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how they use him. Akins is one of those guys, the more I keep watching, I could see a, a big jump in production this year. Um, I like the athleticism. Um, you know, he's re- listed at 6'4", 180. Obviously, that's last year's measurements. Um it's just one of those I, I kind of like his mentality when it comes to attacking downhill. Um, and I, I like when Izzo gets those guards that are going to spend multiple years. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I'm really interested to, to watch him. Another guy that caught my attention that you had on your list was uh, AJ. Talk to me about AJ. Why, why do you have him letting down? See, you got all these sleepers. You have all this knowledge that you just don't share until you got it loaded like a, it's in a, a side, like a revolver. And then you just wait to unload it. So I like AJ, uh, Malik Hall. I, I'm intrigued with all these guys that are returners, but this is also the, we need to see the next step. You need to see a, a yeah. nice little leap. You need to see the production really start to, to trend in the right direction quickly. Yeah, I, I'm just really fascinated by this Michigan State team this year because I, I feel like from a talent standpoint, when we compare it to these past, you know, five to eight years, it kind of feels like a down year for him. But I also feel like every time we say that about a Michigan State team, they end up making the Final Four or something. Gosh, it's so, so true. It's, every time. Um, so I, I it will be really interesting to see how Tom Izzo kind of coaches this year. Um, but because I kind of think he has his work cut out for him, but they have a ton of guards. Um, Tyson Walker was, you know, the, the transfer last year. I don't think he's an NBA guy, but he's going to get a lot of minutes. Um, I would kind of like to see Jaden Akins just take his spot, honestly. Um, and then AJ a. Hogard is, you know, 6'4", 210 pound point guard, combo guard, uh, just a menace defensively, um, basically unstoppable in transition. Once he gets downhill, he is, just a monster around the rim um, and just a really good passer out of the drive and in transition too. big question with him is the shot. It hasn't been there his first two years. Um, maybe it gets there this year, but the, the confidence, the kind of erraticness in it, I'm not really holding my breath, but at that size with that kind of athleticism and already, you know, defensive first mentality, if the shot does come around to 35 to 38%, kind of in that range, then it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, he ends up going out and going in the second round. Um, other than that, I think Joey Hauser has, is a long shot. I would be surprised if he got drafted given, you know, that he's a grad student at this point, uh, 6'9", 210 pounds, twin brother of Sam Hauser from Virginia, currently on the Boston Celtics. Sounds like he's going to get playtime this year. Um, yes, he's just, he is. He's just going to have to shoot shoot like crazy this year um, and just be useful defensively. But I kind of think Malik Hall is in that similar mold where he's going to be this kind of, what, what, what is he listed at? Six, eight, two twenty forward. Um, I I like his kind of offensive versatility. He competes really hard and is a really smart defender. So he could be another one of those guys that ends up kind of going undrafted, but then we see get invited to summer league or, you know, given one of those priority um, undrafted contracts. This is the classic 
Izzo team that just looks like, I don't know, they look like they're going to finish kind of in the lower of the Big Ten, and then all of a sudden, like you're saying, they somehow sneak into the tourney, they somehow sneak in, and you're like, how do they get to the Sweet 16? Like, it's just... I'm trying to figure out where they're going to go, where it's going to be their go-to guys. Um, That's the thing. I don't see like a go-to shooter or scorer on their team or, and I I think that's where Jaden Akins comes into play a lot because if if he can kind of consistently create his own shot or open shots for like Hauser and Hall, um, then we're talking about, okay, now we're seeing the step up that this offense had to take. Yeah. And, and that's, that also shows that there's a huge opportunity for someone to step step up, rise to the occasion. And, and that's also where it's fun from an evaluation perspective is you get to go into those games and be like, who's the guy? Who, who's taking on the challenge this year? And maybe they play just good team basketball. So you, you never really know. But um, what do you think about Ohio State? Uh, that I hate it? them. What, what Next. Okay, come on, Metcalf. You can't do that. <laughs> um, no, that – so when when we were prepping for this pod, I was really confused by this team. And I was like, eh, I think they're going to kind of suck. I don't see it um, because they lost two huge names and talents and impact players in uh, Malachi Branham and EJ Liddell last year. Uh, but the more I kind of dug into it, I really, really like the freshmen that they have coming in and uh Roddy Gale and Bryce Sensabaugh. Um, I also forgot that Isaac Likely transferred there. I don't think he's going to be an NBA guy because he is terrified of shooting a jumper, but he is a nasty defender. Um, but from an offensive standpoint and just like from a competition standpoint, I'm not sure Ohio State is going to be, you know, threatening for the Big Ten title necessarily. But with Roddy Gale and Sensabaugh, I I think those two guys are going to be in the NBA sooner rather than later. Roddy and Bryce really got my attention right away because Ohio State's been great lately with producing some NBA guys. Um, Branham last year, our boy EJ Liddell, get healthy. But I'm intrigued to see both of these guys because they look like they can shoot the crap out of the ball. Um, they got some good size. Sense ball looks like he's gonna be tough as nails. Like he's got <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of David Roddy vibes with him. Yes, and, and that's exactly who I was coming to. But Roddy, Roddy really intrigues me. I'm very excited to watch him. Like you got me already excited for Big Ten basketball. You're welcome. I mean, I know, well, I was already excited with teams like Indiana, Michigan, but looking at some of these guys like Ohio State, I was like, okay, let's let's mark down Ohio State. I'm intrigued, but um. Well, yeah. What are your thoughts? What else you got? You got to talk open and honest about them. No, I, I am. So I, Sensible is this weird kind of combo point forward type player, 6'6", 235. He is a load, but his agility and just offensive just skill is really, really impressive. Where I mean, He was hitting guys with euros off the drive. He was hitting like NBA range threes by after running off screens. It's like, what the fuck is this um it was just it was shocking um he's so he's offensively he's really skilled and i wouldn't be surprising if he ends up being kind of one of their go-to scorers i think down down the line um defensively is where i kind of have issues with him it seems like he just kind of freelances a lot and the work rate kind of goes out the window um obviously we've said this about all these freshmen Maybe it's just senioritis and just kind of going through the motions on that end of the floor so he can do a lot of fun shit on the other end. Uh, but Roddy, Ga- Roddy Gale was the guy who was like, oh, this is an NBA guy. Like, this dude is going to be in the NBA very soon. And it wouldn't shock me if we see a Malachi Branham-type leap from him. Um, and he's listed at 6'4", 205, really good defender, great footwork, uh, smart off-ball defender, the shot looks really good. It just doesn't fall quite as much as I wanted. I kind of got a lot of Max Christie vibes with him um, in terms of just like their scoring game where the shot looks perfect. It looks gorgeous. You like, you have a lot of confidence in it. You know that one day it's going to be there. It's just not from a result standpoint. It's not quite there yet. And he tended to miss some bun- some bunnies too, but 
just a really versatile and tough scorer. So I, I think that he has a legit chance to be one of the surprise one and dones this year and work his way into the first round. That's the guy watching all, all of these prospects that I quickly found myself as in writing down with, you know, yeah, bold. I was <laughs> like, just keep an eye on this because you go back and you look. High school as a freshman, he averaged 22, 8.9 rebounds and 3.7 assists. Um, as a sophomore, he averaged 25.8, 9 rebounds, 3 assists and 2.3 steals. Had injury problems back-to-back years. Um, so his numbers were down, but that also like, if he's healthy, he's ready to roll. He's got the potential to shoot the crap out of it, put up some big numbers. Like you're saying, six, four, two Oh five, um, with, he's got a great shot from outside and he looks like he just can really, really play. And, and that's exactly what you're saying. Like Branham, this could be a guy that just quickly gets, make some noise in draft circles. Like everyone we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, and I guess months, whatever you want to say. Um, we've always said this. It's not like everyone that we're talking about is going to end up as in the first round. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be guys that come out of nowhere. There's going to be the Johnny Davis that just skyrockets. There's going to be Branham that just looks like a guy that was, you know, last year Branham looked like a guy that was going to be for this class. And all of a sudden everyone was like, why, why not last year? Like why not yeah. 2022? So there's just going to be guys that come out of nowhere and really, really make a statement. And NBA scouts are all going to be buzzing and buzz around the NBA gets around in a hurry. And especially in the draft community. And that can really make someone become all of a sudden like, I know this is a one and done. And maybe, maybe Gail is going to be that. Um, But I've liked what I've seen. And if you could shoot and put up stats and put up numbers and you like Metcalf is saying, you can defend the crap out of the ball you're checking a lot of boxes in a hurry. So, um, you know, watching him, that was the one guy like throughout all of this that I was like, okay, make note of it. Um, now I'm watching Ohio state closely this year. See what you did. Turn me into well, a, if, if I have to state live in this hell, you have to, you have to be as well. So, you know, <laughs> Just, all right. Um, I, I do you think Isaac likely does anything this year in terms of NBA potential, or are you just kind of, do you think he could showcase that he could maybe play like that Bruce Brown type role? Or do you think it's just kind of a long shot at this point? Well, you wrote him down. So you give me the dang sales pitch. What are you believing? I, I, I have lost all faith in him after I saw him all season pass up wide open jumpers that Kate Cunningham set him up Goodness, with. So, Calf, be polite. Come on. I, I, I'm I'm skeptical. Um, and at his size, I think he's a really good and versatile defender. I and maybe go into a new environment where he's kind of where he hasn't been there the whole time, and he's not the guy. Will kind of help him play that more subdued role. So I, I'm intrigued. I'm not completely writing him off, but I am uh, skeptical to put it generously. Metcalf, classic, classic, classic Metcalf. Yeah, I mean, I, I always like when guys get a little bit of a fresh start. Um, previously at o- Oklahoma State, correct? Yeah. Yes. So um, I'm always intrigued with transfers because I do think sometimes a new a new spot could change everything, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm there. Yeah. Um, we'll see. It, it, Going to a new place and all of a sudden your team takes off, it could really bring out some confidence in a player. And, and sometimes the old spot can diminish the confidence. So it's just one of those wait and see modes for me personally. But um, I like that you're just very thorough with your honorable mentions. I really, really appreciate that about you. Um, okay. So another team who's had a couple big name transfers is Illinois with Matthew Mayer yes. and Terrence Shannon Jr. So are you excited about these guys? Are you just like, eh, or where, where are you at with these guys? Um, I'm exhausted with these guys. <laughs> um, I'm excited for one last hurrah. You know, it's like, okay, you know, it's like rookie of the year when, you know, Chet Stedman's on the mound and he's just like, just give me one more. This is literally Matthew Mayer and Terrence Shannon Jr. Give me one more. I've been so damn excited about, Terrence Jan Jr. over the years. 
And we were just talking about another guy. Like, I just need Terrence to have a dang shot. Just give me a little bit of a shot from outside. Because he's such a fun defense defensive prospect. He's just such a bully out there. But, like, I, I just uh, – I'm at a loss for words. Because I really do think, like, Illinois could be a fun – fun team yeah um there's a lot of matthew mayor it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of matthew mayor this year there's a lot of matthew mayor truthers out there i can't say that i'm one of them i understand everyone that is one of them Mm. i'm not there um so the fact that they're gonna be teammates now is just gonna make illinois basketball a real treat for me but hey you know i don't know what about you how are we feeling my my big thing with Terrence is that we haven't seen any improvement in this game in two years. And it, it's, that's I, I know, I know there are injuries and stuff that played a factor in that. Um, and maybe just like you said earlier with likely, maybe just a new environment will help him. I hope it does because after his freshman year, um, I kind of thought he was going to be a one and done and just kind of build off the hype and get in an NBA development program. And hopefully, grow his game but offensively we just haven't seen any growth and that sucks and that is really concerning i think he's a hell of a defender um but the shot has just never come along the kind of space creation and offensive creation hasn't come along like you want it to so it wouldn't stun me if he ends up finding his way onto the end of a bench as that kind of defensive specialist energy guy and builds up something kind of like Terrence Mann did with the Clippers. Maybe he finds him, you know, that's a really tough route to go down. Maybe he finds himself, you know, following that path though. So again, not ruling him out, excited to see what improvements he's kind of that that have come with his game, but I'm hesitant. Uh, Matthew Mayer, I get why people like him but I am nowhere close to being in on him. I, I just don't think he's an NBA guy. He's a lot of fun, but I, I just don't see him being a productive NBA guy. Yeah, I mean, Shannon, last year was supposed to be the year for Terrence Shannon at Texas Tech. It was supposed to be just the year like, okay, here comes the offensive burst. And, yeah. you know, as a sophomore, he averaged 12.9 points, four rebounds, 1.4 assists, 1.1 steals. Um, shooting splits of 44, 35, 75. So everyone was like, hey, 6'6", six, six, lefty, stocky, physical, plays just nails tough defense. Like, this mm-hmm. is the year he's going to break out. And like you said, Metcalf, like the, the slow start to the year, I know he had the injury bug. He didn't really play right out of the gate, um, you know, extended minutes. But then he ended up averaging 10, uh, 10 2.6 rebounds, two assists, in 0.8 steals with shooting splits of 45, 38, 78. But like everything was the same, uh, less shots, um, but it just was no growth. Yeah, and, and that's the tough part. And I understand why he transferred, but that's that's the tough part with his game and, and why hopefully Illinois is a great step for him. Um, and, and I'm like you, this could be a guy that maybe he ends up in the G League. Maybe the G League unlocks the confidence. There's nothing wrong with that. But until he takes that next step, it's just kind of like, I don't know. And and Matthew Merritt, he can shoot. Um, He's got a very green light. I'm sure that light's going to get very green at Illinois as well. Yeah. If he just had a little bit more patience, because he could do some stuff that gets my attention, but he just also has some decisions that I'm like. It, um, It seems like he makes the wrong decision two out of every three possessions on both ends of the floor. He is a very, when he's rolling, he's exciting to have on your team, but he's also a guy that I feel like once a game or twice a game, he makes you pull your hair out and evaluating him. I, he makes some decisions. And I'm like, Oh man, like, and it's just like an errant pass at a bad time or uh, too quick of a shot or a heat check when it's like, okay, that was out of nowhere. <laughs> Cause he can shoot and I'm not yeah. trying to like, downplay him but i'm just saying the patience the decision making if it improves a little bit like yeah he can he shows some flashes of defensive potential he shows some playmaking ability they're the wild cards um with illinois i feel like they're the wild cards that if if all of a sudden they look completely different illinois is just a 
a wagon this year. Like, yeah, they, I wouldn't surprise me if they heat up again, but yeah. they both need to have good years. So um, let's see if it's going to build on them and they're going to know that, or if they're going to just try to play within the system and have a good year. Yeah. The, the other name that stood out uh, with Illinois was their four-star recruit at point guard, Sky Clark from Montverde. Um, he was a guy that I really, I've really struggled to kind of get a feel for. Um, and I like, it, it feels like he's a solid defender. Um, the shot, the shooting mechanics look good, but it didn't seem to go in it quite as much as I wanted to, or as much as the, the mechanics themselves would suggest that it would. So do you have any Sky Clark thoughts? Because he, he's been one of these freshmen that I've just really struggled to get a, a, a hang of. He intrigues me, um, but I'm right there with you. I'm a little bit like those are one of those guys that, you know, you, you you do a quick watch of some guys just to get kind of a feel for them, and you also make note of other guys that are like, okay, I need to watch. This is a, an extended dive, um, but with how much, you know, if you want to call it hype, I guess buzz that Illinois is getting this year. I feel like he could be a really good asset for them because watching him on tape, I feel like he makes some smart decisions where Mm -hmm. it's, it's unselfish basketball where he's really like understands the extra pass, like understands where to get to his spots and take advantage of his opportunities. But um, one of those that I'm, I'm in the same boat of you. I was kind of struggling a little bit just because I was like, I don't know the range right now. And I think he's yeah. like six, three, six, four, but I'll be interested to see. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I think the, the question that is eating everyone up is, are you going to have the same love affair with Chris Murray this year as you did with Keegan? No, but I am very intrigued to to see Chris um, this year. I really am. I, I think that's the one where I, as everyone knows, I absolutely loved Keegan as a prospect last year. Everyone knows that about you. Everybody knows that about me. And um, I'm excited to see that he's having a good preseason. I think he's going to have a great rookie year. He had a great summer league. Um, I, a lot of times on tape last year, Chris, all of a sudden someone would do good. And I was like, oh, that's key. Oh, that was Chris. <laughs> so I'm intrigued to watch him a little bit more. He's, he's left-handed. He's got a little bit of a stroke from outside. This is the year which I think Keegan had where it's just like the rapid improvement over one year. And, that, and this is Chris is going to have a more of a workload now. So I want to see if he can take that next step with his game because um, – I think he can do some movement shooting. I think there's some tools there. I don't know if he's going to have the upside to just skyrocket up boards like Keegan did, Mm -hmm. but I could see there being a world in which he's a, uh, you know, late first round, a guy that teams are really intrigued with to add into the rotation because just like the way he plays the game sometimes. Now, I want to see if the game slows down for him this year. I want to see what he's been added to his arsenal. Um, But yeah. I mean, the the Keegan-Murray connection, obviously I'm going to be a fan of him, but he's one of those guys that's like, okay, I'm going to watch closely in the first month because I want to see, like, did you come out of the gate, you know, running? Or are you taking that confidence and being like, this is my year, this is my time to, to really shine? Or are you kind of trying to still play within the system and be not passive, but you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. there's guys that are clearly, like, giving the ball when yeah. they're returners. There's also guys that are just clearly like, I'm comfortable playing team basketball. And, and I want to see if Chris is going to be like that. No, I'm, I'm putting up 20. I'm, we're we're going to win. We're going to surprise some folks. What about you? Yeah, and I, I have just kind of mixed feelings. Um, like them, don't love them. Um, I always found it weird that like the same people who are calling Keegan too old were the same ones who are trying to push Chris Murray as a top 20 pick last year. Um, that never aligned with me that that just seemed like a a, a bit of hypocrisy um but you know he's obviously going to be 23 at the start of next nba season so he is an older prospect you would like to see him come out and dominate and just play in that bigger role because he was more of that you know secondary tertiary role at iowa last year because his brother was one of the most impactful college players in the country um so it'll just be interesting to see 
is he going to take the reins over or is he just going to kind of play more off ball? So I, I think that's a big question. And I know he does a lot of good stuff. I know a lot of the advanced numbers with him are really, really encouraging. Um, but when you're in that small of a role as he was last year, I know he had some big games, but I think those numbers can be really skewed by just a handful of really positive possessions. So I, I want to see how they look once he takes on a bigger role and is starting and is playing, you know, 30 to 35 minutes a night. I, I completely agree. Um, okay, Metcalf, we've done some deep dives. We've obviously got to give a little bit of love to some of the other teams in here. So just hit me with some quick, some quick hitters um, before our, our, you know, our knight in shining armor, Zach Eady. Um <laughs> Who else do you got? Um, who else do you think in is, deserves a little bit of like, hey, we got to give him a shout out at least? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to my alma mater at Minnesota with uh, Jamison Battle and Dawson Garcia. Um, I, I think Battle is a really intriguing scoring small forward. Uh, Dawson Garcia's had a he he had a really disappointing year last year. Um, you know, I, I was one of the people who thought the UNC transfer was going to be big for him. It was not. Um, so maybe coming back home is a, a little, he's able to kind of re-engage that, that positive stuff that we saw from him as a freshman at Marquette. But I, I think those are two guys who could be really sneaky, kind of impactful big time players this year. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, what else you got, Metcalf? I, I, I mean, was it good for you? It was good for me. I don't know if you got anything else you want to talk about. Um, I the 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 last deep shout out. Uh, I I, I kind of want to throw out Noah Bachelor's name uh, at Maryland. Um, doesn't love do this. much else other than shoot the shit out of the ball. We um, love shooters. Shooter shoot, Metcalf. <laughs> we love that. Uh, just. He he was. If you go watch any IMG games from last year, he was the one like six six white dude who was just knocking down every three that swung to him. So just deep dive. Not even sure how much he actually plays this year, uh, but you know, four years from now when he's averaging twenty points on forty five percent from three, <laughs> I told you first. Yeah, um, exactly. We'll we'll clip this just for the future. <laughs> but uh, also an elite name for uh, for a shooter, Noah Bachelor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually watched a little bit of him and I was like, well, boy can shoot. So I mean, <laughs> he's not shy. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, th- those guys are always going to get your attention, especially if you got some good size. So um, I like this. I like this Metcalf. I like doing the conferences. I know we're going to do some of this stuff at no ceilings, but I like, you know, kind of talking specifically breaking down like the the notables, who we were kind of keeping our eye on. So yeah, so I, real quick before we wrap up, I, I want to hit you with a couple big picture questions. So first, okay. who, who wins the conference? I, I mean, I'm I I really do think Indiana's going to have a bit of a wagon. I, I like that team. I just like all the pieces. I think TJD is going to have a big year. Um, Hujafina is just getting so much damn hype, and, and I really like how he plays. I think they're just gonna be nasty. I think they're gonna be real tough. Mike Whitson's gonna have them running, so um, that's where I'm gonna go. What about you? Same. I okay. I, I think that they're just kind of loaded and have the experience exactly where you need it. So yeah, they're they're my preseason favorite. Um, who is the conference player of the year? Oh gosh, you're gonna make me just really get out there. <sighs> Um, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Hunter. Ooh. Okay. Wow. I, well, I, I don't want to be the Indiana truther. Like I, uh, Hoosier up, but what, where would you go? I was going to say trace, but, uh, if you would have said trace, I would have said Hunter. So you jerk. I think those, I think those are the top two. Cause especially big 10 voters, they, they love their big men. So um, yes, they do. All right. Uh, who is the highest picked player in the 2023 draft? I'm going to go. I, I think this is. Ooh, what range? Oh, come on, Metcalf. I got to, I'm watching yeah, a puppy I'm while I'm follow, podcasting. Follow. Do you know how hard this is right now? <laughs> I'm playing like Tony Allen level defense. Um, 
Hutchifino, and he's going to go 18 to 25. Wow. Okay. All right. If you ask me without a puppy all over me, completely different answer. <laughs> <laughs> I just rattled just off the first numbers so many in my head. Excuses. No, but like Jet Howard, I wanted to say that. Um, but I could see Jet being kind of more of like a just a smart, good player. Like, I don't even know if he's going to be a one and done. What about you? I, I, I'm going to get bold and say Jet 12 to 16. That is bold. I love that. So very excited for that not to work out at all. Um, but all right, last one. Who is the biggest surprise or breakout star this year? I, I'll give you I'll give you a moment to think and filibuster for a second. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Roddy Gale. Um, I, I think I'm saying this, Roddy too. So I, I just, there you go. I, I think he's really fucking good. And I think he's going to be a menace to deal with. So that's it, Rucker. I promise I'm done. I'm, I, I'm done badgering you. So thank you for your time. This was a blast. Big 10. It's going to be a fun season. It's going to be a really interesting one because I don't think there's quite as much um, NBA level talent um, from a prospect standpoint. Um, and I don't, or at least compared to last year where there is quite a bit, but I will be a fun year regardless. Rucker, tell the people where they can find you. And no ceilings um, Just had a recent piece about Victor and Scoot and my traveling. And uh, I'm on Tyler underscore Rucker on the internet on Twitter folks. But thank you guys for always checking in and Metcalf. Thanks for doing this. I promise I won't always be playing defense with a puppy. Well, once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. You can find all of our No Ceilings merchandise at noceilingsnba.bigcartel.com and our written work at noceilingsnba.com. It is 100% free. Just click that subscribe button while you're there to make sure that you never miss anything that we publish. You can follow us across all socials um, at No Ceilings NBA and on YouTube at No Ceilings TV. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Until next time, see ya. Bye, Murph.